Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To the hands of Sanders! What a show! All right, that was a um, clip of Matt Corral, one of the interesting draft prospects in the 2022 class. Here to help us discuss that because we know the Washington football team has got to be exploring those options is Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. He is on Twitter at Tampa Bay Trey. And uh, Trevor, I really appreciate the time. Ben Standing here along with Britt Giroli. Uh, I guess first off, you know, again, welcome to the show. And man, I, I, I want to know, like, are you excited as you're exploring these uh, draft quarterback draft prospects or are you kind of being underwhelmed right now because this class is not have does not have the Trevor Lawrence type guys at the top. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Uh, and, and second, you know, I, I think it's, it's a little bit of both there. Is there a Trevor Lawrence? Is there a Justin Fields? Is there a Trey Lance, even a Mac Jones? No, I don't think that there is in this class. And I think that that's something that's given people a lot of worry, right? We've been spoiled with quarterback classes over the last handful of years. We've had five quarterbacks drafted in the first round through the last three seasons. And so I think that certainly, you know, the year that they didn't have that, it was the big Joe Burrow year. And, and that was as exciting as it could get with him and Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa as well. So we've been spoiled. There's no doubt about it. We've had plenty of big quarterback names that, you know, whether it was through college football when they were just freshmen or sophomores that we've been talking about and anticipating forever, it's not exactly the case this year. But as a draft analyst, I'm still very, very excited to see how it plays out because this is where you really get into the nitty-gritty of scouting, right? This is where you really get to figure things out because, sure, it's easy to look at Trevor Lawrence and say that he's going to be good. I wouldn't have told you that it was easy to say the same thing about Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, all those guys, right? And so I think that it was easy to look at them as prospects and get it excited about them and be able to praise the things that they do well. But with this quarterback class, we know that the NFL is going to covet them. You know, you guys mentioned it. You're in Washington. There's a lot of other places around the NFL that are going to need quarterbacks as well. And so with so many teams starving for quarterbacks, we know some of these guys are going to go, even in the first round. And so with that being the case, I'm excited to really get my hands dirty, if you will, into a lot of this tape and figure out who's going to stand head and shoulders above the rest and who's going to be that QB1 in this class? Because even though it ain't going to be a Trevor Lawrence type, somebody's got to take the crown in this class. I'm very interested to see who it's going to be. Trevor, with, with that in mind, when you look at this class, are there any guys who you know, maybe are sleepers, for lack of a better word, who are dealing with injuries or just maybe overlooked? I mean, I think every team in the NFL is looking for that, right? They're looking for value at whatever pick they have. When you look at Washington in desperate need of a quarterback, are there any names that jump out to you that you know, maybe could be a good fit for them? Yeah, so I mean, certainly if you're looking at their top overall pick, it's probably going to be something that's within the top 15. So if you're talking about that, I think the three guys at the top that you really look at, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, and Matt Corral, those are the three that I really like at the top of this class, all for different reasons. And when you scout, 
you know, it, the way that I would break it down, a lot of people would say, hey, decision-making between the ears, that's the most important part of scouting. Where I, I would say that's definitely what takes you to that upper echelon of being a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. Your decision-making, your thought process, how you break things down, that's all very important. But in scouting, I think we have a different starting point. The one for me is, I'm looking at arm strength. you got to start with the arm. Does this person have the arm? Can they make every throw on the field, if you will? You've got to look at distance. But more importantly, you got to look at velocity because that is what arm talent is really about. Those are things that are very tough to teach. After that, if you can check the box and say they got the arm, okay, well, then do they have the accuracy? Can they put the football in a football-sized window sometimes when the pressure is coming at you? Can you zip it to the sideline on a back shoulder? Can you hit a guy in stride and in rhythm for yards after the catch? And then after that, I think the decision-making comes into it, and that's what makes a overall prospect. And so when you look at those three things, those three kind of non-negotiables for really being a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL, I look at Malik Willis, Carson Strong, and Matt Corral as those top three options for them. But when it comes to sleepers, I mean, I wish you would have asked me this question probably two, three weeks ago because I could have confidently said, can he pick it before a lot of people are now all over him, the quarterback from Pittsburgh who's having an unbelievable season. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's had a Joe Burrow kind of rise. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean that he's going to be the number one overall pick or that he's going to win the Heisman, but Kenny Pickett was an afterthought. He was a day three player going into this, his final season, as was Joe Burrow. And I think that obviously we saw Burrow play his way into the first round conversation going number one overall. I think that Kenny Pickett has done that as well. Another guy, I'll just give you a bonus that I really like. I do like Jay Kaner. He's somebody who, when we check that box for the arm, I'm not so sure I'm checking it super confidently. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he's a gamer, man. I go back to that UCLA game at the beginning of the season where he was dealing with a lot of pain in his ribs, and he gutted it out, gave them a game-winning drive that was nearly flawless. NFL is going to love that, and maybe he's not a big-time starter in the NFL, but he's going to be somebody that you love that I think have as a backup. All right, Ben Standig and Brent Giroli here. We're with The Athletic talking to Trevor Sikama, who is with Pro Football Focus, and he joins us on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Um, Trevor, let me ask you this. You mentioned three quarterbacks you like. As luck would have it, two of them are playing head-to-head this weekend. Liberty is at Ole Miss, so Malik Willis and Matt Corral are going to be on the same field. If people are checking them out for the first time, what's sort of the the Twitter size scattering report on these guys? What's the thing to note? Um, if it's going well, or maybe the thing to worry about with each of these guys. Yeah, the number one thing that's going to pop out at you from Malik Willis, who is my QB1 as it stands right now, is he presents the highest ceiling of athletic talent, I think, of any quarterback in this class. And that includes with his arms and with his legs. Man, when he takes off of the football, and unfortunately he has to do that quite a bit because Liberty's offensive line is uh, not great. Uh, he really just turns into a fantastic running back. You know, when he when he tucks the ball and really takes off with it, this is a guy who can make multiple people miss in the open field. He's got one of the highest force miss tackle percentages that we have in college football right now on our PFF database, not just for quarterbacks, for running backs included. He's right there in the top five, the top ten of those kinds of categories. And so he's a fantastic runner. He's got great speed, great density, knows how to bounce off tackles. And so you really like that element that he brings to the game. But then also – Watch the ball come off his wrist like a rocket. I mean, you can easily see why he is a lot of people's QB1 
simply because of the overall talent that he has. He can push the ball deep down the field, 50, 60 yards with ease, not putting a ton of body motion into it. And he could also really fit that ball into a tight window. He throws with velocity better than anybody in this class. And so I think that that's the area that you're really going to notice from Malik Willis that you love. Decision-making, it's not quite there for him yet, but he's still only a second-year starter. And like I said, offensive line doesn't really do him any favors. For Matt Corral, you're going to see a lot of confidence. You really are. And I know their wide receivers are banged up this week, so that might go into it. But operating this Lane Kiffin offense, it's just a marvel. You see the moxie. You see the confidence from Matt Corral, and it just oozes from him. And he really understands how to operate an RPO-heavy offense, which we're seeing a lot of teams in the NFL really gravitate towards. And so if that's where your bread is buttered with your offensive coordinator, Matt Corral really understands the timing of that very well. He himself is a good scamper. He's got the ability to really pick up yards and first downs with his legs as well. And so I think those are the first things that you're going to notice with those guys. And I think that it could make for a really fun shootout if the game scripts go the way that both teams want it to. Trevor, I got time for one more question. Britt is a stickler for time. She's giving me the look like, uh, you know, don't don't take too long here. So we got got 30 (laughs) seconds for this. Uh, Going into the year, Sam Howell was considered to be maybe the top guy. You haven't even mentioned him yet. I kind of liked Keaton Slovis from USC. I don't hear him ever getting mentioned anymore. Uh, 30 seconds, I guess, what happened to these guys? Should we even be thinking about them in the first round next year? It's just hard for Sam Howell. The supporting cast is just not there. You lose Daz Newsome, Deami Brown, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, and you're feeling that. I mean, when it's not structured plays, Howell's just really struggling with accuracy and decision-making and turning the ball over. And so it just has not been a great year for him. Keaton Slovis, I know he had a lot of hype going into the season, but he, like Jay Kaner, I just don't know if he's got that NFL arm. He's really uh, you know, pushing it deep down the field and, and fitting it in tight windows. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it at a start level. So a lot of expectations for those guys, but I do think it was down years when it comes to those expectations for both of them. Great stuff, Trevor. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you for throwing me under the bus. We Absolutely. Appreciate it, Trevor. That's, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Trevor Sigma, Pro Football Focus. Uh, Bertrolli, Ben Standing here with you. Ben, thank you very much for letting Trevor know that the, his time was up. Look, you know, you you I I you 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 say jump, I say how high. That that that's how this rolls. So we we're all, we're all good. But now we got look, Britt, we're almost to the end. We have one segment to go. I, I don't even know what we're talking about yet, but we're we're gonna do something. Time has truly flown with you, Ben Standing. It has been a magical evening. If you're just joining us, uh, big news at Washington Football Team: Montez Sweat out for four to six weeks non-displaced jaw fracture, and also in Nationals land, F.P. Santangelo will not be returning for Nationals broadcast in 2022. But hopefully you'll be joining us for this one last segment. Bertiroli, Ben Standing on 106.7. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 19. And I do think if we were doing this show in the middle of the baseball season, we'd be talking a lot more nationals than we are. It, it, but it is a football town. And I think sometimes that... It being a sports fan means even if the team breaks your heart, you're still going to tune in and you're still going to be angry about it because there's nothing worse than having no feelings, right? You love them or you hate them. Teams are okay with that, but having no feelings is the worst. And and judging by the phone calls and the tweets and the fact that you still have a job, Ben, people care about the Washington football team. And thankfully for that, because uh, Ben on the unemployment line is not a pretty sight. Um, but here's the thing, right? So the Nationals just won a World Series relatively recently, the Capitals as well. I mean, I understand this was a down year for the Nats, and the Caps are kind of in the middle of the pack to a degree. So it's not the, the height of, of those teams. But there's still the, – the, you can still smell the championship, uh, you know, the, the smell, right? I mean, that was still a thing that was just happening. So it, it shouldn't be some crazy downturn here, and yet – it feels like those things have just fallen off. Now, maybe this is me. I mean, maybe it's because I'm my world is all about the football team and the Wizards are sort of my side project. But I, I, I just don't feel that that buzz. And I think that's the thing is when people were telling me a couple of years ago that the Nats or the Caps could actually equal or surpass the football team, I'm like, it's not happening now. And those teams are at the top of top of the heap. And Washington has been struggling. For, the football team has been struggling forever. And I just think that's. It's so interesting. It's part of what makes the whole Dan Snyder experience so depressing. He has this great toy that everybody wants to celebrate and be part of and and enjoy. And it continually, as we've discussed, he continually brings it down and, and makes it a, a, a tarnished uh, object uh, instead of being one of, of joy and affection. And I, I just don't know what it would take. Those teams, I think, would have to have such a sustained success for them to catch Washington football team in popularity and yeah, I think that's just unfortunate. Well, not unfortunate. I just think that's just the way that it is. Yeah, I mean, hey, the Wizards, by the way, um, pulling within six of the Raptors, uh, 11-15 to go in the fourth in that game. Um, yeah, I agree with you to some extent. I think part of it is just the way football is compared to baseball. I was just traveling for the, the playoffs this past month, and in Houston, you'd think the Astros' three World Series in five years would be the team. I had numerous people say, no, this is a Texans' first team. Text like what like what how so I think that's just it's just a function of our society and how football has truly kind of become for most people that prime time 
number one sport. And maybe for Snyder, it really doesn't, certainly winning isn't high on his priority list or this organization would have been to more than what, two playoff games in well, I think he's trying to win. I just think he has no idea how to, you know, hit what, 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 what's your Ron Rivera saying that you like? I mean, he's been trying to draw this map for 20 something years and still is like a lot of doodles and nothing is remotely leading to anywhere. I don't think there is a map at this point in time for Dan Snyder when it comes to the Washington football team. I don't think there is a map. If it is, it got lost in the email chain. And we all know, no one knows about those emails. <laughs> well, Dan Snyder doesn't do emails, apparently. Which is, can you, seriously, can you comprehend that? Like, forget all the negative part. Just the idea of being in 2021 and not doing emails. Like, I really don't even understand. Like, every time I hear this, I'm like, I, don't, I assume you're aware of this. He doesn't, no. He, oh, yeah. He doesn't actually apparently do email. Which is why, like, there may not be anything with him in these emails, at least not directly from him. I, I just really can't. In, in this functioning society, I don't even understand how that works. John Gruden says he wishes he didn't do emails. <laughs> Yeah, that 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 would be uh, that would be the understatement uh, of 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 the year. Um, you are going to be going to the uh, to the general manager meetings though in California soon, correct? I leave on Sunday, and baseball collective bargaining agreement is going to be up, so there could potentially be a lockout, which would start sometime in December. So yes, I'm going there. There could be some moves. Um, there already is a little bit of of movement. Buster Posey is going to be retiring. Our colleague at The Athletic, Andrew Baggerly, tweeted that. Um, of course, since the Braves won the World Series last night in six games over the Astros, the very long, interminably long baseball offseason has begun. Nothing like football, uh, a totally different thing. So you may see a lot more moves, especially for the Nats, because GM Mike Rizzo has been very aggressive, at least in the years that I have been here, in making moves early. And what I've heard this year is that they're going to do that a lot because they know once the lockout starts, you can't make any moves. So if you're a baseball fan and you don't usually check into the hot stove until January, you may want to pay attention because I think there's going to be um, a flurry of activity here in in this month of November. I don't even know who the top free agents are in baseball this year. Do you think the Nats are in the mix for whoever is sort of at the top of the food chain or is it going to be more of a low-key uh, splurge? No, I think, you know, you look at like the Carlos Correa kind of guys and that just doesn't fit the Nats right now. I think the Nats are trying to rebuild. But what I like about Mike Rizzo is that they're not saying, hey, we're going to be good in three to five years. Hang on. He said at the last day of the season, and I was there in the dugout with a big group of reporters. He said, we're going to be good as soon as possible. And I, I truly believe that the man hates rebuilds. So I think a lot of the season hinges on Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg the two big money guys in that rotation stepping up. And if they get that, they have some youth, they have some players, and maybe they can convince Juan Soto this is a place where he wants to be. Uh, but I don't think the Nationals are going to be in the mix for these big pricey free agents. They have um, pricey free agents on their payroll already in Corbin and Strasburg, and they don't have really a complete team. So I think they're going to continue to bring those guys along and, again, try to be good as soon as possible because, Ben, what the Braves have taught everybody is the fact that you can be under 500 and kind of okay and go for it just like the 19 Nats so who knows the Nationals could be a surprise team next year uh, uh, w w since we only have a couple of seconds yes or no Max Scherzer come will he be back here next year no I think Max Scherzer is going somewhere where it's warm well that is a reasonable call I cannot blame him for that um Brit the, the two and a half hours have flown by we here we were both very nervous in the beginning that how we're going to talk for two and a half hours but here we did we did it uh, I really appreciate you uh, helping me get through this. Appreciate Linnell uh, behind the on the board. 
Thanks to our guest, David Aldridge, with The Athletic, Trevor Sikama for Pro Football Focus. And uh, thanks to who, who called Ron from Ashburn among our callers. you got to appreciate it. The first caller we get, Ron from Ashburn. Very, 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 very appropriate there. Britt, it was a blast. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was exciting. Thanks for all you who listened in. Britt Giroli, Ben Standing, read us on The Athletic. Hopefully hear us again here on 106.7 Overtime. This has been a, a great evening. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing of The Athletic, here with you on 106.7 The Fan Overtime. Ben, I have 99 problems, including the fact that I got sideswiped on the way in. So I really appreciate our producer leading us in with that one. Was that for you or for the Washington football team? It, it could be. It's, it's, it's a tie today. Uh, true. You know what? There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of problems. But you're going to solve them. I want to know how on earth they're going to get a veteran quarterback to come to this organization we know about some of the issues they've had we know they haven't been winning even even if they had all the issues with Snyder if they were still winning players would come but they're not winning so Ben pretend you're on Rivera draw me the map show me where to go I'm never letting go of that analogy because it's just hysterical (laughs) makes no sense um show me where to go and let me know what kind of veteran could they possibly get do you think this offseason yeah. So okay. So let's start with the easy part, right? Who's available in free agency, and things could change in, in the next few months, depending on a variety of things. But as it stands now, this is not a good free agent market. The, the player who is considered to be arguably the best option, they just played last week against Denver, Teddy Bridgewater. Who, frankly, you know, I was kind of saying to some people, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is any any much better than Taylor Heineke, uh, who's been starting right now for Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick out. So if we're starting there, that's not the most exciting option. Now, could other guys get sprung free? Like we weren't anticipating Matthew Stafford being made available last year, but the Lions were rebuilding and decided they were going to, uh, you know, be, be nice to him, get, you know, let him move towards a contender. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons do the same thing with Matt Ryan, who, very similar quarterback to Matt Stafford, prototype uh, size, tons of experience, arm strength. He's, he's older, but he's been to a Super Bowl, he's still productive. Problem there is not even what the compensation would be. He's got a massive contract. I think it's like a forty million dollar cap hit that the Falcons would face. I'm sure the bookkeepers on these teams could figure out a way to make that work for both teams. But that is a huge, uh, huge issue for the Falcons to consider to you know to move on from that. Uh, you know, if they move on from him, that's a big chunk of their change out the door. From there, I met you know Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned him before. I just can't imagine that he would consider coming here, even if he does want to leave Green Bay, so that's a tough spot. But here's an interesting thought I just thought about today when I was driving in and avoiding getting sideswiped. <laughs> um, that is, so Rodgers is out, and part of the big talk with Rodgers for the last couple of years has been he was peeved that Green Bay drafted this kid Jordan Love in the first round a couple of years ago as sort of a clear uh, succession plan to Rodgers, or at least that's how he viewed it as, as a threat. Now, Jordan Love will now start this game this week. This will be his first, I, I, I think, real action, I, I think, since he's been in the league. Let's say he goes out and performs decently, right? We've seen other situations over the years where a quarterback comes in, shows even just for one game, they don't vomit all over themselves. They can actually move the ball and thus gives you 
a look like, okay, maybe this guy's interesting. Well, if Green Bay logically says, we still want to keep Rodgers, we'd like to make this work. He's obviously an all-time great quarterback. He gives us a chance to win. But now Jordan Love's showing enough interest, maybe we could move him. Maybe that puts another piece on the board, and maybe that's almost a uh, a, you know, a, a way to have your cake and eat it too. Get a guy who has experience tangentially just by being in the league, but he's also a young guy. That could be like that's the type of thing we can't project now. That could maybe happen. Um, you know, are there random quarterbacks who become who start to play that show something that maybe a team like Washington could uh, look to trade for? How angry do you think Aaron Rodgers would be if he's been trying to get out of Green Bay for years and they trade somebody else to get out of Green Bay? Just <laughs> hysterical. And also, Brett Favre felt the same way about Aaron Rodgers when they got Aaron Rodgers that he was infringing and. If you read the terrific biography on on Brett Favre, which I did last offseason by Jeff Perlman, he gets into how much they hated each other and how he mistreated Rodgers. So it's just hysterical that Rodgers has not only not learned from that, he's also lying about his COVID vaccination status and everything else. But, you know, we know they tried to get Matt Stafford. We know they went out with what they thought was a pretty good offer, right, Ben? The one and three, and then the Rams came in, and there was guys in Cabo and all kinds of stuff that we don't really know about. Right. Okay. Now, my question is, are they going to be aggressive in getting a veteran because they they need to get a quarterback? This isn't like a let's go window shop. You got to go in and make a purchase. So are they going to end up having to mortgage their future because of it? So we talked about this a little bit earlier, right? Why you asked, why didn't Ron Rivera do something more this past offseason? And I think in part was, again, they tried to get Stafford, didn't work out. There really wasn't a great available option. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was arguably the best option, but I think everybody recognized he's a sort of a stopgap option, even if he's a viable starter. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, I think that because they came, they came on strong late. I don't think, and Ron Rivera is going to year two of a five-year deal. I don't think he probably had this feeling of crazy pressure that he has to solve the problem today. And there's a reasonable, I think it's a reasonable way to, to look at it. The way he did is to say, Hey, I don't want to, give away a bunch of draft picks to to possibly get uh, somebody. Again, I don't even know who they were supposedly going to go get. I think that's a different vibe now. Unless they have a massive turnaround here in the second half of the year, I do think you have to feel some of that pressure because, as we discussed earlier as well, we'll talk more in the next segment with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. A rookie is going to, whatever the rookie will be ultimately, is going to struggle as a rookie. The team will. That's just a sort of a standard operating procedure. And I think you're going to want to probably be like, uh, we need to go out and figure out a, a vet. And in order to get one, you probably are going to have to quote unquote overpay for that, whether that means multiple first round picks or, you know, they've, the defensive line is where they have some extra, uh, some extra pieces. Um, maybe you can attach one of those guys in, in a trade. I do. My bet right now is they do go make the bigger trade to get a quarterback. Again, I don't know exactly who that would be, but I just feel unless things change a lot, I could imagine there being a, a more feeling of pressure this offseason leading to an aggressive move because I think the rookie is just a whole other story. You're kicking the can down the road. It might be the right can, but you're kicking it down the road. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what? You know who's going to have this solved for us maybe? David in Middleburg. David on line two has been on hold for like 20 minutes. Let's, Let's go, go. Let's go to that Gambit DC listener lines. Bet, play, win with Gambit DC. Brought to you by the DC Lottery. David. Brittany Giroli, hey. Ben standing here with you. We are hoping you can help us solve the quarterback conundrum with this Washington football team. Yeah, I'm trying to give you as much information as I can. 
all the while I've been listening to all of this rhetoric, rhetoric by you, and one thing came to my mind was, why aren't they talking about Cam Newton? Okay, forget about it. Don't say, don't mention his name ever again. Also, why aren't they talking about Kyle Allen? Is he hurt? Is he available to play? Why wouldn't you give Kyle a chance to see if he could win some games? Because Heineke is not going to win any games for you. And Fitzpatrick is certainly not a viable choice, again, to try to win games. I'm afraid if they put Fitzpatrick in there, he's going to get injured much worse than he did the first time. So people have also been talking about bringing in Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has issues that wouldn't even allow him to even concentrate on playing good football. So he's not a viable choice. The college draft does not have any prospects worthy of drafting. So in 2022, any NFL team wouldn't be able to get a good uh, quarterback uh, in the first five picks. And don't even try it. So the Redskins, I I believe, the Washington football team, I believe, is going to have to go out there and try to get a veteran. I want y'all to talk about Cam Newton. All right, well, you bring up some you bring up some interesting names, and I appreciate that. Cam Newton, look, Ron Rivera had him in Carolina. He's passed on him multiple times. The New England moved on from him. I, I think we can at, – at Cam Newton is at best a, a guy you're just sort of filling in the gaps with. He's not the answer anymore. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Obviously, from a talent perspective, that's the ideal. Now, he has a no-trade clause, so he could say, I don't want to go wherever he doesn't want to go. He apparently has only has eyes on Miami, but – all his legal matters make him an incredibly risky proposition until that gets resolved, which is why he's still in Houston. You mentioned Kyle Allen. I, I brought this up before directly to Ron Rivera for multiple reasons. One, Ron Rivera likes Kyle Allen. He picked Kyle Allen over Taylor Heineke multiple times in Carolina. He, he traded for Kyle Allen here when Taylor Heineke was sitting on the street. He could have gone that route. I'm curious to see if he puts him in at some point. I imagine he will. He's not showing the inclination to do that yet. I think we see him play, but he's ultimately just a backup for any team. Well, I think Ben pretty much eliminated Cam Newton for us. <laughs> yeah, we, we can move on from the Cam Newton topic. That that That's out. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to delve into the rookies, right? We've got our second guest. We are going to chat a little bit about the draft and what options, maybe, maybe what way that they go if they decide that they can't get a veteran again, which obviously would not go that well we've got trevor sikama joining us on 1067 when we get back richard roley ben standig you are listening to overtime okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 